Hello, and welcome to Notes in the Week Ahead, a JP Morgan Asset Management podcast that provides insights on the markets and the economy to help you stay informed in the week ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at JP Morgan Asset Management. Today is October 3rd, 2022. A famous Sherlock Holmes story concerns the abduction of a racehorse and a guard dog that didn't bark. For those who haven't read the story, I'll skip over for the reason for the dog's silence. The point is, he didn't bark. No alarm was raised, no actions were taken, and the horse disappeared. Entering the fourth quarter of 2022, the U.S. economy is teetering on the edge of recession. However, it is a recession that has been delayed and potentially softened by an excess demand for labor, a lack of overbuilding in the most cyclical sectors of the economy, and healthy balance, uh, balance sheets at banks. That being said, it could also be a recession that lingers. A doubling of mortgage rates, the highest rate exchange rate in almost 40 years, continued income inequality, and weak demographics could all hamper recovery. Moreover, this could be the recession that didn't bark, with only a moderate rise in unemployment and no overwhelming shock, unlike the great financial crisis or the pandemic recession. If this is the case, then neither the federal government nor the Federal Reserve are likely to react quickly to combat the downturn. Without such action, growth could remain anemic and inflation could drift below the Fed's 2% target. Ultimately, this could lead to a reduction in the federal funds rate back to an accommodative level and set up a period of slow growth, low inflation, low interest rates and high profit margins. Such an environment would be very unsatisfying for those looking for an improvement in living standards after years of inflation followed by stagnation. However, it would provide strong support for today's beaten down bond and stock markets. Economic data from last week continue to point to the risk of a recession emerging in the months ahead. Revisions to the national income and product accounts still show falling real GDP in both the first and second quarters of 2022. However, as we outline on page 20 of our new fourth quarter 2022 guide to the markets, given the continued strength of the labor market, two quarters of negative real GDP growth is not sufficient to characterize the economy as being in recession. Going forward, a strong recovery in international trade numbers for July and August suggests a positive read in real GDP growth for the third quarter. However, thereafter, growth could oscillate between negative and positive readings as the economy battles some strong headwinds. In particular, consumer spending will be hampered by continued fiscal drag, the negative wealth effect of the stock market slump, the knock-on effects of weaker home building and home sales, and still slow population growth. However, steady growth in wage income and a gradual increase in auto sales as inventories recover should result in slightly positive consumption growth. Residential construction, by contrast, is almost certain to see a steady decline in the face of a startling increase in 30-year fixed-rate mortgage rates from 3.11% at the end of last year to 6.7% as of last week. The latest GDP revision boosted second-quarter real inventory growth to a $110 billion annualized pace. This is well above the roughly $50 billion in annual accumulation necessary to maintain a steady inventory sales ratio, and return to that more modest trend should also chip away at GDP growth in the year ahead. Most business fixed investment, while looking strong in the third quarter, should falter going forward, reflecting higher interest rates, declining corporate margins, and pessimism concerning the economic outlook. While monthly trade data suggests an improvement in net exports in the third quarter, weak growth overseas and an almost 20% appreciation in the dollar should boost real imports and reduce real exports thereafter, also slowing down the U.S. economy. 
There are some more positive potential areas, including increasing investment in energy infrastructure and more state and local government spending. However, at best, real GDP growth looks like it will be close to zero in the year that ends in the fourth quarter of 2022, and not much more than 1% in the following year. Despite very weak real GDP growth, the huge excess demand for labour, which emerged as pandemic effects subsided, should keep payroll job growth strong for a while and limit any immediate increase in the unemployment rate. The August job openings number due out on Tuesday and September employment numbers due out on Friday should shed fresh light on the speed with which the labour market imbalances are beginning to fade. However, the most likely path for the labour market is one of delayed rather than cancelled reaction. Once job openings have retreated to more normal levels in 2023, payroll growth will likely falter and the unemployment rate will likely rise in reaction to a prolonged period of anemic or negative GDP growth. Inflation should also continue to ease slowly. The OPEC Plus Group will meet this week to consider output cuts, with Russia pushing for greater reductions than other countries. However, the broad slowdown in the global economy and the strength of the US dollar are both undermining commodity prices, with the Bloomberg Commodity Index now down 18% from its June peak. Some other areas of inflation also show improvement, including recent declines in used car prices and a combination of constrained consumer spending and diminished bottlenecks should help inflation moderate going forward. Even with this, solid wage growth and the lagged effect of shelter costs and inflation suggest that core consumption deflator inflation could still be running at close to 3.5% year-over-year by the fourth quarter of 2023. Now, that being said, 3.5% is a substantial improvement from the 4.9% reading in August 2022 or the peak of 5.4% seen in February of this year. Moreover, by 2024, rising unemployment should be having a significant impact in reigning in both wage growth and rental increases, and this could well allow inflation to drift below the Fed's 2% target. Crucially for investors, the mildness of any GDP declines, combined with the delayed reaction of inflation and unemployment to these declines, could delay any policy response from the Federal Reserve. If, as futures markets suggest, the Fed raises the federal funds rate to a peak of between 4.25% and 4.5% by early next year, it may well maintain that rate and its program of quantitative tightening for many months longer than would seem appropriate given the trajectory of the economy. Fiscal policy would likely be even slower to react to economic weakness, given the probability of divided government following the midterm elections, with any meaningful fiscal stimulus likely postponed until after the 2024 presidential election. However, this does suggest that in 2024, the Federal Reserve may find itself playing a familiar solo game of stimulus in catch-up mode. This could force it to halt quantitative tightening and cut rates as inflation drifts below 2% and unemployment moves higher. This easier monetary policy would likely have only minor and lagged impacts in stimulating the economy and might end before the federal funds rate dipped below 2%, as the Fed would probably like to avoid a return to an environment of negative real rates. Such a pivot from the Fed in the face of domestic economic weakness could also help drive the dollar down from its lofty levels, boosting both U.S. corporate profits from overseas and the return on foreign financial assets. All of this suggests a potential return to the slow growth, low inflation, low interest rate and high profit margin environment that prevailed in the United States before the pandemic, and which was so supportive of both stocks and bonds. Of course, for many of those trading in today's markets, the prospect of difficult times over the next year followed by better financial conditions in 2024 is not exactly alluring. For those whose income and employment depend on quarterly results and one-year numbers, a path to better long-term returns has less relevance. However, for long-term investors, long-term returns are the whole point. For most, a bruising first nine months of 2022 have taken a very large bite out of those returns, as we show on page 62 of the Guide to the Markets. However, this leaves valuations in a much better place, 
with U.S. stocks in general and value stocks in particular trading well below long-term average P.E. ratios, international equities looking significantly cheaper, and bonds offering both the income and portfolio protection characteristics that they generally lacked at the start of this year. In short, while this is a painful time to review portfolio returns, it's an important time to consider logical portfolio positioning. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your JP Morgan representative. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your JP Morgan representative. This content is intended for information only based on assumptions in current market conditions and are subject to change. No warranty of accuracy is given. This content does not contain sufficient information to support investment decisions. It is not to be construed as research, legal, regulatory, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Investments involve risks. Investors should seek professional advice or make an independent evaluation before investing. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate, including loss of capital. Past performance and yield are not indicative of current or future results. Forecasts and estimates may or may not come to pass. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide.